ever told you over 60 million people in the United States have bad credit. Credit is the essential key to building your wealth. Fixing your credit should be your number one priority and Devanya Elaine can help you with that. She can help with anything from child support to student loan removals and she's not asking for thousands of dollars to do it. So if you want to fix your credit, all you have to do is text or call 562 450 3592. You can also get more info on our Instagram at Fix My Credit Devanya. Devanya spelled D E V O N I A. So don't waste no time. Go fix your credit with Devanya and tell her Polly Rob sent you. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another epic episode of. The Polly Rob Podcast. I am your host, the Council Polly Rob, and I'm glad to be here just as well as y'all glad to listen in and tune in to me. Um, we got another week, y'all. Another week going on, and I'm excited. I'm excited. A couple of things before we get into the topic. First off, listen and subscribe to the Polly Rob Podcast on all your favorite social platforms like Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud. Stitcher Radio and all your podcast platforms. Make sure you listen and subscribe and keep leaving me comments. I love all the comments y'all been giving me. I appreciate it. Please leave more. Um, my Cash App. I got to keep shouting out my Cash App because people keep hitting me like, yo, I want to see you some shit for the podcast. I appreciate all the donations. So my podcast, I mean, my Cash App is uh, dollar sign P-O-L-Y-R-O-B. Once again, it's dollar sign P-O-L-Y-R-O-B. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I appreciate all the donations and all the reviews, all the comments. You know, I'll be going in. I'll be trying to keep it fresh for y'all. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I got my medicine ball, y'all. And I, I, I took a I took a slight turn because I'm now, uh, while I'm on this like light eating diet, I'm on this intermittent fasting. I've been doing it for a while. And then I told myself, I said, okay, uh, I want to cut out a little bit of drinking. You know what I'm saying? Um, not cut out drinking completely, but I do want to limit uh, what I do take in as well as select what I do take in. Um, so now I'm going to be doing what is called the water and wine uh, uh, theory, which is uh, any any meal that I eat, it either has to have uh, be good with water or good with wine. You know what I mean? So anything that I eat, it has to either be good with water or good with wine. So that's all that I'm drinking. Uh, sometimes tea, because you see, I got my medicine ball, you know what I mean? Or do I? You never know. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm drinking water and wine. So no more juice, uh, no more orange juice, no more apple juice, no more cranberry juice, no more soda. It's just water and wine. So if I'm eating like a burger, you know, if it's a gourmet burger, I might get a glass of wine. If it's you know, something like in and out I'll just drink water. Or if I'm eating, uh, if I'm cooking tacos or whatever, I'm just going to hit the water button. You know what I mean? So it's either water or wine. You know what I mean? So feel free to add to my wine collection and just buy me some bottles of wine. I'm with that for sure. 
Um, on top of that, you know it's Black History Month where it's the end of Black History Month, and I hope everybody has been up on a Black History. Not not all the all the ones that you know about, but the ones that you don't know about. Do your history and figure out you know different people who have uh, you know brought you know some new inventions that you know we didn't know that Black people you know bring forth. So I do my homework on that. I'm actually doing my homework on that like tonight because I just want to know. What's going on with new inventors? And I want to inspire new inventors as well. So if y'all know of any seminars or know of any events or anything like that that has to do with uh, encouraging uh, new black inventors and creatives, let me know, man. Send me an email and I'll shout them out on the show and I'll just try to get people to flood uh, their timeline and, 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 and attend their events. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And then, um, you know, Saturday I went to Beach Day. Saturday was Beach Day. Random. It was random because... Uh, you know, I miss my babies. I miss my kids. You know what I'm saying? I got two boys. Uh, I missed them so much. And I was like, yo, I'm going to pull up on them. My car finally got fixed and detailed how I wanted it to. So I pulled up on them. I'm like, yo, let's roll. Now, they, they didn't even have the beach fit on. Like, they had pants and everything, but they ain't stopping nothing. We finna go in. So we had beach day. That was dope. We had a good time. Um, went to Cabo Cantina. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ate some nachos, some wings, and... I had some bottomless mimosas. Like, it was cool. It was real cool. And I, I look forward to going to the beach a lot more. Only because I, man, I, I really forgot, you know, how beautiful the beach is. You know what I'm saying? How beautiful that sunset is. How beautiful the water is. Even though I don't get in the water. But it's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? And I really need to go to the beach a lot, lot more. You know what I'm saying? So anybody want to roll to the beach with me, I'm with it on the weekends. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Let's get to it. And it's going to get hot in California anyway. So might as well. You know what I mean? Sorry, I had to take a uh, sip. So that was my weekend. Was working on records, you know, chilling with my kids and getting ready to come talk to y'all about the new topic of today. Now I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm crazy, dumb, excited about this topic right here because it's been sitting on my mind for a long time, long, long time. And I had to kind of put it together in my brain before I come talk to y'all about it because I want y'all to kind of understand how I feel and what's going on in my brain as we talk about this. Now, before I tell you the topic of the day, I want to talk about um, great people. Great people that inspire you. You know what I'm saying? I want y'all to sit back and think about all of the people who inspire you. All of the people who you might look at them on Instagram. You might look at them in real life and you might say, yo, they do some interesting shit. Interest okay, now that's, that's proof that it's not medicine ball in here. That is proof. I'm stuttering. Okay. You might look at somebody and say, yo, they're very interesting. And the things that they do interest me and inspire me to do what I got to do. And I want you all to think about that because the person that I'm going to talk about today is very inspiring to me. Not only to me, but definitely to a lot uh, more other people, millions of people. But. They're not inspiring in the ways that you think they are to me. It's different. It's really different. 
So the topic of today is Will Smith makes me cry. That's the topic of today. Will Smith makes me cry. Okay, we're going to get into it. Pretty sure everybody that's listening to this podcast, y'all know who Will Smith is. Y'all know his favorite movies. Y'all know his favorite shows. Y'all probably watch him on Instagram right now. The man is amazing. Man is ill. But what I'm talking about today is something that people tend to forget of what's great about Will Smith. Now, y'all know his greatest movies, Independence Day, Men in Black. Uh, I even like Wild Wild West. I don't know if y'all liked it, but I liked it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tons of movies he's been in. Tons of blockbusters. He's the blockbuster king. Y'all know what it is. But I want to talk about the other aspect of Will's career. Oh, yeah, of course, Bad Boy. Shout out to Bad Boy. Matter of fact, Bad Boys 3 is coming out, y'all. So I know y'all happy for that. I'm happy for that as well. Bad Boys 3 is coming and he's in a new Aladdin. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you know him getting the role for Aladdin because I know he finna do some funny shit. He finna go up. So y'all knowing he's a blockbuster king, but I want to talk about some other shit about him, you know, past him, you know, having so much, so much blockbuster success in the movies and past him being just a full blown inspiration on Instagram for sure. It's definitely that. I want to talk about why Will Smith makes me cry. Let's get into it. Okay. So, you know, usually when you love an actor's, um, you know, movies, you look at him for the things that he do well. When you look at Denzel, Denzel's great at, you know, doing those very dramatic style movies. Um, When you look at somebody like Wesley Snipes, he's great at doing action movies. Um, When you look at somebody like... Uh, I mean, even down to Tupac, you know what I'm saying? He's very uh, energetic and um, he's into uh, exploring the street life, even though his, 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 uh, you know, the range of doing movies was very short lived. He still had this aura and this, this big character about himself that was able to play these parts with such emotion and passion but it was in it was directed towards you know street life and him being a thug and stuff like that um but sometimes along with the success of what you do well in the movies um some actors don't get a chance to do the other elements that might make them great or even if they do it doesn't get received well it doesn't get received too well Now, this is where I get into the whole Will Smith thing. Because nobody really understands how great of an actor he really is because of the blockbuster movies. And I don't think that they also understand how many great movies he's put together that has nothing to do with action. 
It has nothing to do with shoot them up, bang, bang, and let's go chase this person and let's go fly in the sky and go do this and let's shoot somebody from far away on this and let's go chase these aliens. He has other movies that are phenomenal. Phenomenal. And the reason why I want to talk about this is this is one of those moments where I feel like when you know something great about somebody and you know that they're great at doing these particular things and then all of a sudden you sit back and you think about it for a second and you like, yo, it's another element to this person. It's another element to them that's even more phenomenal that we forgot. That we forgot. That we didn't realize. Now I'm here to break that down. I'm here to break down. These are five visuals, movies or TV that I want to break down. That is not only the reason Will Smith makes me cry, but the reason why we should all look deeper into somebody's aura, into somebody's career, before we judge them just on the outside of what they do. I think it's important. So follow me on this. I want to start off with five movies or visuals that has been proven for show for me to make me cry. And I'm going to explain each scene. Now, what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to get into the full storyline of what went on because I want y'all to watch the movie. I'm not going to name the characters' names and all of that because I want y'all to watch the movie. I'm not going to break down what the whole movie meant or I'm not going to do a lot of that because I want y'all to watch the movie. If you haven't watched it or you haven't seen a TV show or whatever, I want y'all to watch it unbiased so you can understand what I'm talking about because this is important. This is important for all actors. We just had the Oscars, y'all. Regina King, big. She just won. Spike Lee, big, just won. Uh, Ali, I forgot his first name, start with an M, but big, best supporting actor. Regina, best supporting actress. You know what I mean? We are at that stage where we're getting the recognition that we so desperately deserve. So I want to bring it back and I want to talk about Will Smith because I believe he's in that category for sure to get an Oscar. So let's talk about it. number five. Number five. The movie is Collateral Beauty. If anybody has watched Collateral Beauty, you will find that there were so many moments in this movie that made you just get emotional about 
losing someone in your life. The movie was about a guy who had a daughter who lost his daughter. And in the midst of losing his daughter, he lost all hope, all love, everything that you would need to build yourself back up. I'm not going to tell y'all the whole movie because I want y'all to watch this whole movie. There was a scene where this man played by Will Smith. For the first time, he meets what is called the spirit of love or love itself. And they have this conversation. And she's like, yo, don't shut me out. Don't don't shut me out of your life because something like this tragically happened. I don't want to give it all away, but I do want to talk about this moment. Because this this character played by Will Smith, you know, the way that they formulated the movie was so dope because um, in the movie they made, you know, death, love and, you know, other characters, they made it to where these emotions were real life people and Will Smith's character had the pleasure of having a conversation with these real emotions as if they're real people. And when you think about it, it's like if you had a chance to talk to love, if you had a chance to talk to death, what would you say? What would you say? What can they possibly say to convince you about anything? So in this scene, where Will Smith's character meets love, love says like, yo, don't push me away, I'm here. And he goes on to say, he, he pretends to go, he thinks for a minute as she, as she finished talking. So then he says, okay, Love was a part of me. It was a part of everything that I did, everything that I was into. And you broke my heart. Like you, like the love that I was here for it every day. I was here for it every single day. And and it's gone. Like I'm disappointed. You broke my heart. And the first thing I think in my brain is this is something that people have to deal with. With the loss of their loved one, not to mention the loss of your daughter or your son. The first thing I had to think about in my brain is like, how can I possibly deal with something like that? And then me thinking that people in the world, they really go through that. They deal with that. That's nerve wracking. That moment was so intricate because it's like if you had a chance to speak to love, like what would you say? How would you explain that this is something that 
you didn't want to happen. It's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. And I'm devastated. And you can see the look in Will's face. Like he's just, he don't know what to do. That'll be the same look in my face. Because I would be crushed. I would be undoubtedly crushed for something like that to happen. Definitely one of those moments where Will explored the whole concept of what that movie was about. No action, no guns, no nothing. It was just hurt and devastation. And I felt it. As soon as when he said, you broke my heart. It's like, you're not talking to, you're not talking to a woman who, you know, cheated on you, or you're not talking to, uh, a guy who walked out on you and decided to date somebody else. You're talking to somebody or something that took something that you so preciously love every day of your life. It's just gone. It's just gone. Collateral Beauty was an excellent movie. I don't know how anybody can get through that movie without shedding some type of tear, especially those who have children. Those who have children definitely know what I'm talking about. Let's get on to the next one. Concussion. Concussion. Number four, concussion. Concussion was about a gentleman, a doctor, you would call him, that found something in athletes while they were playing, after they were playing, that led to them having brain damage, massive nerve damage, getting to a point where they were no longer able to function properly and do things the right way because after the sports, the pounding of their head and their helmets, so much friction, so much pain, they can endure afterwards. And he wanted to make his point for the NFL to fix this. Because the NFL was killing a lot of people. And not just in the NFL. In college, in high school football. These this is years and years of of trauma, of force against your head. And he wanted the NFL to acknowledge that and to do something about it. It's important. Anybody 
that has put their kids through any sports, especially football, they can feel me. They can feel this movie because the first thing you want to do is protect your children. I know they're having fun. I know they're trying to, you know, gig with their boys and their girls and develop discipline and everything. But at the cost of what? At the cost of brain damage? At the cost of them becoming a vegetable after their career? Very touching movie. And I think people who don't watch sports, because I don't watch a lot of sports, but I had to watch that. Because it was it was crazy interesting. And it's like, yo, how you know, people always talk about the dumb jocks, dumb jocks, dumb jocks. You know, oh, they they uh you as dumb as an athlete or you know what I mean? But where does that come from? Does that come from because they naturally have no IQ? Or does it come from because of that constant pounding? They might lose a little step or two on the smart side. So they had to explore that whole thing. The movie was phenomenal. There was a part in the movie towards the end where he was sitting up, he was in the court, and it was his time to speak. And I'm not going to give the whole scene away. I do want to talk about it. He got up there and he talked about First off, he was talking about his wife loving football. She loved football. She would jump up and down for every touchdown, first down, and everything. And he was telling himself, and then he told his wife, he was like, he wished he never met the guy that he eventually is fighting for, the main representative. He said he wished he never met him because he understood that this is people's joy, their pastime, they're jumping up and down and having a good time. You know, this is how they enjoy themselves. And from the players to the association, to the fans, to everybody, ticket holders, everybody's enjoying the whole concept of this game. So that was one part where he was like, I wish I never met him because I don't, I don't want to destroy the life that this football has for itself, that it's built for itself. Because, you know, people love it. But then he went on to say, but there's a bigger power than me getting what I want. There's the gift of knowing. There's the gift of knowing. Whether you call it a gift and a curse, it is the gift of knowing. Once you know that this is what happens to players, you got to tell. You have to figure it out. They have to know. It's not that he wish he never met him because he don't want to deal with the problem. He want people to enjoy football. He's not against football. He never was. He was never against football. 
but he was against what football was trying to get him to do in terms of the organization, trying to get him to turn the other cheek. And you just can't do that when you know. When you know, you can't do that. It's just not, it wasn't in him and it's not in a lot of people. And he felt that all players should know. All players should know the risk of what you're taking by playing football. I'm not talking about breaking a leg. They know that they're, they, they, they'll break a leg. They know that they're, they'll uh, arm will get dislocated. They know about that. Everybody knows about that. These players didn't know that if you get hit hard enough a couple of times, you can be brain dead for the rest of your life that you won't be able to enjoy your family after retirement. You won't be able to move. You won't be able to think. You won't be able to do a lot of things. You'll be fully depressed. They didn't they didn't understand that. They didn't know it. And it was Will's character, it was his job to make sure that the NFL lets them know that and create precautions to prevent that because these football players are not just jocks. These are family men. These are husbands. These are fathers. These are providers. These are the next grandparents. That's going to lead another list of athlete athletes to the league. We can't have them leaving this earth. We need them. And it was Will's character. He stepped up to the plate to get the NFL to do something about it. Concussion is a great movie. Because the gift of knowing translates past just football. It's in anything. The gift of knowing when someone's being cheated on. You you gotta let someone know. You gotta let them know. The truth is in the air. Let them know. The gift of knowing if somebody has a limited time to live or not. The gift of knowing how someone feels about the next person to move forward. If you know, you must share with those that need to know the information. Very, very good movie. Another example of why Will Smith personifies dramatic roles in in great fashion. And I'm not going to lie, when he was in the courtroom and he was talking about the gift of knowing... I cried because in my family, they're all about that. They're all about if it's information out there, you need to tell them. You need to let them know the truth. We'll figure out everything else from that, but you need to let them know. 
Definitely go see Concussion. Number three. Number three. Now, this movie, I'm not going to lie. I was very confused in the beginning. But when it got to the end, oh, my goodness. I could not take it. This movie that I'm talking about is Seven Pounds. I know y'all watch Seven Pounds. If you have not watched Seven Pounds, you need to stop this podcast right now. Go watch it and come back and press play. Overview. Seven Pounds was about a guy that was in a terrible deadly situation with his wife and in light of that he created and set up a whole plan a whole plan full plan to give back in the most selfless way you can ever give back Let me get to the scene. I'm going to get to the scene and I'm going to bring it back because I don't want to spoil this, but I've you got to watch it. I don't care if I spoil it right now. When you see it, you got to see it to believe it. Trust me. Let me let me go to my scene, the scene that made me lose it. Lose it. The jellyfish scene. Let's get to the jellyfish scene. He got some ice. He's bringing ice home. He fills up the bathtub with cold water. He pours the ice in the cold water in the tub. He's sitting there thinking to himself, memories is coming back. He calls the police 911 and says 911 there's been a suicide attempt. They say what is who's the who's the suicide victim? He says myself. I am. And he hangs up the phone. I don't know if he took it off the hook or he hung up the phone. Either way. Either way. So the minute the minute when he hung up the phone or didn't hang up the phone, he takes his self to the tub, goes all the way to the tub. And he jumps in the tub with the cold water, cold ice, everything. And he sits there for a minute. It's a bag on the corner of the tub. As he's thinking about all the memories, he drops the bag into the tub. Flips over the bag, drops it into the tub. It's a jellyfish. 
I'm like, what's about to happen? The jellyfish is moving from his leg. It's moving up. It's moving up. It gets to his arm. It bites his arm. And he starts shaking. By then, I'm already knowing the jellyfish is poisonous. I'm like, yo, what's going on? As that's happening, the flashback of what happened with his wife when he was on the phone. Y'all know what that is. On his phone. Oh, baby, it's good. It's straight. I'm just going to call off for work or whatever. And he looks up and it's a big light and it's a big ass truck. Big ass truck hit him. Flips the car over. Wife instantly dead. He survives. Flashbacks from that and him getting hit with the jellyfish. He's dying. He dies. That wasn't the part that made me cry. Let me tell you the part that made me cry. I then figured out during the whole movie that he was a donor. He sacrificed his organs for other people. Sacrifices money for other people. So he can die to help other people. Jesus. This is crazy. That's when I lost it. I lost it because it's like, it's two sides to it. It's like not wanting to live with the mistake that you've made. The other half of it is feeling like somebody can do better with what you have than you. Something hard to swallow, man. Something very hard to swallow. First off, anybody who's ever been suicidal, I can't imagine the pain. I can't imagine what you're going through. And for anybody who had a situation like that happen to them, especially, especially a car accident that could have been prevented. It's just crazy to think about. And it's something so small, something so small. He could have just put his phone down and wait till he got to a stop or these are the things that are, that's hard to get over you being able to prevent that because we're all human we do make mistakes but then we also recognize when we're making the ultimate mistake these are things that can be fixed y'all and I wouldn't wish that on nobody wouldn't wish that on nobody.
and this character that Will Smith played, he had to deal with that. I'm not saying no names because I want y'all to go watch the movie and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, me talking about it right now is not, it doesn't do it justice. You gotta watch the movie. You gotta watch the movie. I lost it. I lost it. Dark seven pounds, man. It's crazy. Gotta watch the movie. Um, number two. Number two. I'm gonna try to get through this. I'm gonna try to get through this, but it's real. Um, number two is actual TV show. Number two is is a TV show. Um, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and it's funny because why everybody you know bathed in the laughter and in the humor, and in you know some of the life lessons. Uh, I love the show for a different reason. I love it for a different reason. Um, I want to talk about number two, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And if y'all following me on this quest, by the time I said Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you already know where I'm at right now. You already know what episode. You probably know what season you know a scene. I'm talking about the episode with his dad. In this episode, and I know y'all seen it a thousand times because I did and I cry every time I see it. In this episode, he, uh, his dad pops up. He gets reunited with his dad, long story short. And for those that remember, it was a two-part episode. Because he got reunited with his dad. He had fun with his dad, did his thing, did the carnival thing and everything. And then his dad mentioned that I'm going to be headed out and stationed in another place. And he said, I want you to come with me. So he was like, okay, that'd be great. But let me talk to Uncle Phil and them to see what's up. So then he talked to Uncle Phil. And Uncle Phil was like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that's a great idea or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You think he's going to be on his word? And they had a little scuffle. It was like, man, he's going to be on his word. Like, why can't you just be happy for me, Thun? He's like, yeah, I'm happy for you. But I'm just saying it might be, it might be going too fast. So Will is like, no, I'm. this is what I want to do. Whatever. Deal with it. So the episode goes off. Then the next episode... Everybody's prepping, he prepping, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, it's straight, you know what I'm saying? They having more fun, whatever. So it's that time. It's that time for him to go. He packing, he talking to uh, Carlton, he talking to, you know, Hillary, all the siblings, and like, man, it's going to be all right. You know, I'm going to come visit. It's straight. He he hyped. Any, any, any guy who got, who got a dad, whether he was in your life or not, if he ever interacted with you, you know that feeling that you get when your daddy pull up. You know that feeling you get when your daddy pull up, yo. So, he excited. He excited. He got his bags packed. good. He talked to Uncle Phil. Give him a big hug. Everything cool. Uh, then, 
His dad pull up. Yo, son, what's up? He got this look on his face. He like, what's up? You know, oh man, pops, you ready to roll? You ready to get out of here? Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Keep in mind, he has not seen his pops since whenever. Since he was a kid, or if he even seen him when he was a kid. So he like, yo, let's ready to rock. Will is like, I'm ready to rock. He like, uh, let me talk to you real quick. You know what I'm saying? So Will like, what's up? Like, I mean, we can talk on the road or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So then his dad says the things that, you know, dads like that say. So he tells Will, you know, um, you know, I'm going to be going, but, you know, I can't take you with me because I got a lot of things to do. I got stuff to do. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't know if this is a good idea. So he like, what you mean? Like you say I can go, you know what I mean? He like, man, but things came up or whatever. So Will plays it off kind of cool. He like, yo, all right, it's cool, straight. Hold it down. You know what I'm saying? Now, before that, he was calling him dad and stuff like that. And then he was like, all right, well, I'll see you later, man. I'll come visit you, boom, boom. He like, yeah, all right, cool. So then he called his dad by his real name. Like, all right, son, like, whatever. So, you know, uh, Uncle Phil sees it. So then he, you know, he like, yo, whatever on that dude. You know what I'm saying? So we'll start going off. Like, man, whatever on that dude. I did my thing without him. I did school without him. I did everything without him. And then the moment happens. The moment that every kid, every kid, no matter if you had a father in your life or not, every kid asks this question. How come you don't want? Every kid asks this question. It's, it's devastating for a kid to ask why his father doesn't want him. It's fucking heart wrenching. That was probably some of the, it's probably one of the greatest dramatic emotional moments ever in the history of TV and film. For sure. And I can say that because even now, after all the years I have ever watched that scene, even when I talk about it, it gives me a knot in my throat. Every time. It never fails. I was fortunate to have my father in my life. A lot of people were not. On top of that, I know Will channeled something within him and probably his past experiences or probably a past experience that he got from one of his friends and he channeled that and he delivered on an uncanny acting level and it was crazy 
And I'll talk a little bit about why Will makes me cry every time. We'll get to that. I got to get to my last one. I got to get to my last one. So, the last one is, let me wipe my face. Let me wipe my face. It's real. The last one before I go is uh, one of my favorite movies ever. One of my favorite movies ever. And it's it's one of my favorite because it's something that I can identify with, not from the the standpoint of the situation, but I can identify with the feeling of how you feel when you love someone so much. You do anything to make sure that they are right. Number one is the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. First off, let me say, I watch this movie on my birthday every year since it came out. I watch this movie every year on my birthday since it came out. It is a reminder for me of what I'm on this earth for, what I do music for, why I exist. It is an ode to me as a father and me as a provider. If you have not seen Pursuit of Happiness, Especially if you're a father, please go see it. If you're a mother, please go see it. Because then you can find the true essence of what a man can go through for the betterment of his children and his family. Let me just talk about the scene that got me. There's actually two scenes. I'm going to talk about both briefly because I know y'all got to go. The first scene, he's already homeless. His wife already left. It's already at that point. They're at the basketball court. They're playing basketball. His son is shooting the basketball and stuff like that. They're talking. He's saying he's short, stuff like that. He's trying to shoot the ball. He gets discouraged. His son gets discouraged and he throws the ball. And he like, whatever, I don't want to play. Think Will's character said something to the magnitude of, oh, you think you're going to be a ball player? Well, I wasn't a ball player. I wasn't good at none of the basketball stuff. So his son gets frustrated, throws the ball. When he throws the ball, Will's character looks at him. And he says, he grabs the ball, walks back and says, 
Don't never let nobody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. That spoke so many volumes, P. So many volumes. As a father, you want your children to be better than you. You want them to excel past what you're doing. As much as your children might say, I want to be like you, dad, you always want them to be better. My my father always told me, like, don't work hard, work smart. I always work hard, but I need you to work smart. I need you to work smart, work smarter. And I hold that. I hold that with me everywhere I go. It's all about working smart and doing what you love to do. But when he told, he told his son, don't never let nobody tell you, you can't do something, not even me. That's when the lessons of you as a father exceed yourself. That's when you know you're doing the right thing. When the lessons that you teach exceed yourself. Because as mothers and fathers, we can all slip too. But our lessons that we instill in our kids should always stand strong. That scene, once I seen that, that scene in Pursuit of Happiness, once I seen that, I I lost it. I lost it. Crying left and right, I lost it. Will Smith was a bad motherfucker, man. Scene two. And somebody on my live just reminded me of scene three where it wasn't even no words. I just lost it. Really quick, the bathroom scene where they had no place to stay. So they had to go. Jesus. Will Smith's character had to take his son in the subway the subway bathroom to go to sleep to get ready for the next morning. You and your son have to sleep in a subway bathroom every day. Until something comes together. It's ridiculous. <sighs> Hold on, man. I got to pause. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, sorry about that, y'all. I got I got a little bit emotional. Um, a lot of bit emotional, but it's it's real. You know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Uh, back to uh, pursuit of happiness. Um, the bathroom scene was a very, very uh, emotional scene for me. And then uh, the last scene um, was the job scene at the end where he actually got the job at the stock market, you know what I'm saying, for Wall Street. Uh, and he did his thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he went up there and worked his ass off as an intern and they called him into the office and 
the first thing he was thinking was, you know, I'm about to get, I'm not about to get uh, hired or fired or whatever. And they was like, yo, uh, you know, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And he was like, you know, I'm good, sir. He was like, you know, are you going to have your suit and tie to put together? He like, yes, sir. I'm going to have it together. He like, all right, well, um, can you come tomorrow and start? And the look on his face was just full of joy, full of compassion, you know, full of like, like, thank God, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's trying to hold it in. He was trying not to cry at the end. He was shaking everybody's hand and he like, man, thank you. And he walked outside and he just, he, I know he wanted to scream cause I would have screamed too. And he, he was just full of, full of joy. And it's, it's that feeling. I know everybody, you know, that has anything good in their life, you know, you get that feeling. It's like you, you, you know, you, something happens great. You get a blessing and you just look in the sky and you just can't believe it. And you just break down. He finally cried outside and he was good. And he knew at that moment he can walk home to his son and tell him everything's going to be all right. Everything is good. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that did it for me because, you know, I'm I'm a big emotional baby and, you know, I'm into, you know, just dope shit. You know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, so that's like that's another movie. That's the last movie that Will Smith uh, is is exceptional in. You know what I'm saying? And this this goes to show this goes to show like. Everybody be on the action movies that will be on. You know what I'm saying? I respect it and all, but man, you got to understand, Will Smith has a lot, a lot of dramatic, emotional movies that are, they tear jerkers. It's real. As much as he got blockbusters, he has just that amount of dramatic movies that mean something. And it means something to people now. It means something to people right now. You know what I mean? This is what I mean by when you see somebody for how great they are, and then all of a sudden they hit you with something else that you're like, oh, I forgot you was great at that too. Not to mention he's a great rapper as well. Not to mention he's a great husband and father. Like, it's it's a lot, but people gotta understand, like, yo. He really got some real movies like Collateral Beauty, Seven Pounds, Concussion, Pursuit of Happiness, all the emotional uh, scenes that was in Fresh Prince. I I didn't even get to the, I want the gun, Carlton. I want the gun. Give me the gun. I didn't even get to that part. That was another tearjerker. You know what I'm saying? And this whole episode was about seeing something else in somebody great even when you know what they do the best there's still other elements of greatness in people you know what i'm saying let's look for that let's look for that because that's what an oscar winner is i swear to you if those movies would have came out in any other time like now Think about it. If Seven Pounds would have came out uh, last year, if Pursuit of Happiness would have came out last year, if Concussion would have came out, all of them would have been Oscar 
she would have definitely won the Oscars for those. Definitely. You know what I mean? I didn't even bring up Ali. I didn't even bring that up. I didn't bring up Ali. But but you know what I mean? So that's one of my things that I definitely want to share with y'all. Like uh, keep it one hundred. Will Smith makes me cry. While he makes y'all laugh, and he makes y'all, uh, you know, thrilled about the action shit. Bad Boys Three is coming out for sure. I appreciate that. Aladdin is coming out. Shout out to that. I will be going to see those movies. But yo, Will Smith be making me cry, B. Straight up. Straight up. And and all of those movies and all of those scenes, man, go and watch those scenes. Go watch those movies. Y'all see what I'm talking about. Y'all see what I'm talking about. Shit is real. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I'm a movie goer, you know what I mean? So I look for movies like that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what it is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I look for those emotional movies because it helps me make music. It helps me produce. It helps me write records for other people that's in a, you know, a full creative emotional state, you know what I mean? So I watch movies like that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, for some of those uh, scenes, it helps me um, become a little bit more open you know what I'm saying? With myself and what what's going on. Uh, and it helps me tune into my kids as, as well, just as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because they know me. They know they know I'm an emotional wreck. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. You know what I'm saying? And uh it's it's dope. Shout out the uh shout out to Hancock. You know what I'm saying? That movie was dope too. I rocks with that as well. They should come out with a part two, but I guess it didn't do well at the box office. But all the emotional joints be real. He do his thing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, my apologies for, you know, stopping in the middle uh, of the podcast because I'm sorry. It just, like I said, some of those scenes, man, just even me talking about it gets me in an emotional, uh, you know, state. You know what I'm saying? And it's real, you know what I'm saying? And I want y'all to think about all the actors that that y'all can think about that is great at one thing, but also excellent at another aspect that people don't think, because we might have to revisit this thing with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, and for everybody that's listening to the podcast, man, tag Will Smith, tag Will Smith, tag Jada, and just let them know that I appreciate what they do for the culture. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate what they do for the culture and... I want them to continue. Just continue doing dope shit, please. We need that. We need a lot more of that. And Will, you deserve an Oscar for sure. For fucking sure. This has been my uh, episode of the Potty Rob Podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed. And I'm I'm pretty sure y'all enjoy me crying and shit on Facebook Live. But uh, whatever, whatever. I'm okay with that. Make sure you listen and subscribe on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Just check out my podcast and leave comments. And I appreciate all the love and I appreciate all the cash apps. I'll be showing me mad love on the cash apps. I can, I can keep buying my medicine balls. The more cash apps y'all bring me, the more I get to go buy my medicine ball. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this cup. I already finished my medicine ball action. And I'm going to put something else in it. What you think it's going to be?
Let's go. Water and wine, man. Let's get it, man. Polly Rob Podcast, local astronauts. We are out of here.